Welcome to the Fat Cats Rugby Podcast, bringing you candid rugby conversations, great interviews and insights into Ugandan rugby, and a touch of rugby in Africa and the world over. Fat Cats Rugby Podcast is a product of Fat Cats Media Brand for all your audiovisual content needs and equipment hire. Hope you enjoy this episode. And another day for Candid Rugby Conversations. The Fat Cats podcast is back in the midst of champions. Uh, but first, my name is Ruben Kihumuro, and with me here, fellow Fat Cats, uh, Caesar Ankunda. I know there is a lot on his chest. But however, before we get into um, digging deep into our guests for the day and also a bit of an interaction with Caesar, the number that we are talking about today is two. Why? Because two is represents the number of trophies, league trophies that Pirates has, and also represents the number of days it takes to recover from a party like Pirates uh, celebration. <laughs> um, yeah, Caesar, how do you feel? You did not attend party like a Pirate. Your weekend, I don't know where you were hiding. Tell us, tell us how the past well, weeks has been. Online banter has not been kind. Uh, well, first and foremost, good evening, everyone. I'm, the weekend went well. Uh, I want to make mention of the elephant falling <laughs> once and for all. Uh, as no <laughs> trophy this season, yet again, as usual. But back to the gist of the matter, I'm happy to be around Chanoe and Chairman. I call him Chairman now. I'm happy to be around Chairman and Coach Marvin. My weekend, I was invited for that party, but I couldn't go. I just couldn't. I'm sorry. I'm still not yet comfortable to be such a... Also, I was sick on the weekend, but I managed to recover to go for smoking. I don't know how. <laughs> well, anyway, my, weekend, my weekend was okay. What you don't know is there was, there was a lot of consolation going around for the Cobbs fans that were there. Hugs, dubs. So. Ah, but you see, most Cobbs fans and players like rugby chill, so... It's not really. It's their home. No, they're going to kill me for that. But anyway, it's their home. They like hanging there. So, but my weekend was tower. Yeah, but anyway, you prematurely introduced our guests, our champions. Um, but maybe just to let the people know that are not familiar, we have two champions in our midst that have also featured um, for the club that they are now, I should say, overseeing. Two gentlemen that have also played high school rugby, uh, coincidentally in the same school, King's College Budo. So I think they have uh, really, I don't know who was following who the whole time. Um, Everyone in Budo wanted to be like Chanoya. Let's not sugarcoat <laughs> very many things. But anyway, um, champion winning chairman, Mr. Chanowira. You know, interestingly, I do not know your second name. <laughs> I have uh, more than three names, mm. so I don't know which one you're asking. All of them. My second name is Daniel. Oh, yeah, Daniel. Yes. And the third? Black. Uh, there, there are many others. I, I'll, I'll leave that for, 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 for its own session. Mm. And uh, on the other side, championship coach, champion winning coach, would you like to make the introductions for this one, Mr. Caesar? 
Yeah. As a Cubs fan, it's only yeah, right. Yeah, I can, I can, I can. I love <laughs> Marvin too much. Uh, next to me is Marvin Odonk, one of the very few people to have won a league and as both as a player and a coach, one of the best number eights we've seen for the country. Uh, championship winning Bodonian. Uh, they have okay, they have many, but let me stop there. He won, he won a league, won a league with his school, with his club as a player. He won. He has won with a, as a coach. Man, he's a rugby legend. Even when he's under 30, okay, 30, he's a rugby legend. So we are really, really privileged well, to have him. You're welcome, Marvin. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Ruben, finally, I am. Finally, finally, you have been dodging. Personally, I think Marvin has been dodging engagements with me from all the way back to Kratos. Saying, can you come and talk to us about this? Marvin, you're on fire for the national team. Come and talk to us. Somehow. In the corners. English, English. In the, eh, he finally... Now it's Kawa. Because of the, the very many media engagements as as coach that he has had, now he feels a lot more comfortable. Uh, maybe that. But anyway, uh, Marvin, how does it feel to be in the position that you are? A championship winning coach... You also own it as a player. How how's, how does how does that feel? Has it sunk in yet for you? Uh, yeah, of course it it, it sunk in uh, immediately. The final whistle went. Um, uh, it was, I mean, it, it's surreal. You know, everybody wants to. I think you should part- push in a little bit. Any anyone yeah. who participates in sport, um, mm. anyone who participates in sport wants to wants to be wants to win. Yeah. So when you, you win as a player and then as a coach, it's really um, it's quite something. We thank God, but above all, I thank the team and their families who release them to me. And yeah. So. Okay, that's that's uh, quite a, an interesting thing. But what I wanted to first get to know: Why did you attend the pirate party like a pirate um, event? Your own event. I, I I had planned to attend uh, Party Like a Pirate, but mm. uh, a colleague of mine was getting married, and so I was uh, there for his nuptials and stayed on late. The function delayed a little, mm. so after it I was a bit tired, so I couldn't make it. But Party Like a Pirate needed a lot of energy. Mm. And I, I didn't think I had it in me to to go through it. The challenges of marriage. <laughs> but maybe we'll talk about that later. Are you attacking Caesar? Hey, hey. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think a Cobb's fan is one of the most risky things at the moment. Man, shots like, everywhere. Every, you turn this side, <laughs> there's no winning. <laughs> uh, Chano, you were the, at some point the man of the moment at uh, at party like a pirate. You are as if you, you are showing us that you had a, a different talent as a hype man slash MC. <laughs> You received uh, pirates uh, bonus money. Yeah. How can how can the the fat cats get in position to at least get like one chameleon just like this for for all the things we have done this season also? The fat cats can come and uh, train, <laughs> <laughs> but COVID, train now. Convince Coach Marvin he adds you to the forty one squad. Mm. Have you seen Coach Marvin's training sessions? <laughs> <laughs> My fat cats would collapse. <laughs> That's not I, 
already have my friend Didi. I miss seeing him there in some of the training sessions. When they are done, he's just lying on the ground like this. So now I can imagine Innocent Caesar and Edwin. But anyway, um, how was the past few, ever since the trophy was won up to this point? How has it been for you? From, uh, from you as a person, you as a representative of Pirates, how has it been for you? How has been the experience? Uh, it has been great, I think. Uh, I had a chat with Marvin, I think, the week of, of, the, of the final. I also had lunch with uh, Captain Massa, mm. same week of the final. And uh, I chatted with some of the senior players, Timothy Kisiga, Ivan Magomo, Conrad Wanyama. And I, I went into the week confident that we will win this game. Uh, the confidence for me at least, I, I, and I told all of them, the confidence for me was not so much in, in, in anything, but the, the fact that we had done literally everything that needed to be done. Governance on pitch, technical. We had done literally everything and we, we had put ourselves out there. So I, I was super confident that either way, you know, whatever the outcome was, we, we were going to be happy at the end of the day. Okay. Um, before we really get into um, the depth of what we want to have as a conversation today, I just want um, our viewers to really get to know um, you guys. Uh, maybe still starting with you, um, just giving a bit of your rugby journey. Um, maybe you can just tell people um, where it started from, your time at Pirates, when you played, some of these guys played, they thought, think you guys played like in the 60s. They don't know it was just a few, a few years ago. Just a few years. Um, and how did you even get into this whole management chairman situation? Uh, I, I I like to believe that leadership is, uh, is 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 a trait that I don't I don't want to say inborn, but somehow when you're a leader, you just find yourself always being in a leadership position. I started playing rugby in uh, Saint Mary's Kisubi. That was in my S1. I will not say the year because I know people will start. <laughs> Look at how happy Caesar is. <laughs> Everybody will start working backwards. So yeah, I was in Smack uh, with Caesar in the early 2000s, mid mid to early 2000s, uh, in SMAC it was, I mean, to, to be respected, you had to be a rugby player. So I, I, I got into SMAC when I was still playing soccer. I, was, I used to be a goalkeeper. But then I got to SMAC and but you, you, you just had to play rugby. Does anyone really want to be a goalkeeper or just circumstances, man? They're like, you're the fat kid and yeah. you have no skill. I think it's going to be the fat kid has to be the goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> or the owner of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> good enough for this. Yeah, they have to put him on the team. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so for some reason I was a goalkeeper. Then uh, I got into rugby. And uh, right from my S1, I just, I just couldn't play anything else. Mm. Yeah. Uh, from that, I became, I started playing sevens in my S3, actually. At the time, Alfred Karekaho was the, the school team captain. And then he, he selected me to be, to be the, the junior team captain of the sevens team in Spark. And, and I think that in rugby, that's where my leadership journey began. Yeah. Okay. And then moving on to the club, um, you have, have you only featured for Pirates? Did you feature for uh, any other team? Because um, even me, I'm just learning right now that you're in SMAC. I actually thought that you had... Uh, Budo was where everything happened. 
I was in Smack S1 to S4, then I went to Budo. Yeah, which Budo one do you think, in your opinion, was more successful, being at Smack or being at uh, Budo? Um, looking at culture-wise and also looking at any, any... Did you... Were you part of uh, the Budonians that tried to win a trophy, uh, wrestling it away from the great college of Namibia? You were captain of that team. <laughs> I, was, I was captain of that team. Mm. Uh, that was Budo. Was that 2011? Why are you saying 2007? Oh, 2007. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that was Budo. After Budo, I went to, I, I joined Pirates. And uh, I, normally you're supposed to go through Sailors. Mm. But the time I joined Pirates, I think there was a shortfall in uh, the back rows. So somehow I came from my S6 straight into Pirates and I was thrown into the fire. I remember I, I think I broke both my elbow and clavicle in one season. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine lifting Soita uh, at a line out. What a player. Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, like you asked, mm. I, I've only played for Pirates. I've not played for any other club. Mm. And, uh, okay. Biggest achievement with Pirates for you as a player? Two trophies. <laughs> nothing, nothing, please. What did you win? One trophy, one, one trophy as a player, 2018. Uganda Cup? No. You Me. played in that 2018 team. <laughs> <It's annoying>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, actually, th that's the only trophy I won as a player in Pirates. In yeah, because 2007 was when I was just joining, so mm. I didn't play in there the There was team. a time in there where, where Pirates won a Uganda Cup. And that is the that one. was 2007. Felix. But I was just, I was just joining, Felix. so I didn't play in the team. Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. 2017 also I didn't play. 2018 is when I played the, the league. Mm. Yeah. So, Marvin, ha, for you, your career, very, very illustrious. Um, uh, we refuse to share years and ages, but um, we do have an alignment in the same year. I, I think by the time Marvin was on senior team for Budo, um, I was still languishing in the bench and also water boy situations at some point um i saw him on that i should say very emotional day for him um where he won a trophy um uh, against namiliango and i know I, I, let me not tell his story just let us know how did you but start should, before you take we should mm. do a start this is mm. namiliango guys like jazzing for themselves mm. We should count how many finals they reached and how many they won. Because the they only talk the statistics. Please, Jude, Jude, <laughs> do your there thing. There is no that is good to you. Because these bro, guys bro. can't judge for themselves. Yes. But everyone who wins the league, they beat Namidiango. 13 <laughs> trophies. And 20. You know you played since 1963. <laughs> 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 we were playing against Smack. I don't want you to confuse us here. <laughs> anyway, anyway yeah, Marvin. Marvin. Just give us a bit of a background for those that, you know, many of these guys just see you there and they're like, ah, these guys, they, maybe they just studied rugby at university. They don't know that you guys were actually the, the soldiers, the warriors that were playing at that point. Yeah. Um, so I was in school around the same time uh, Danny was in school. Um, I started playing rugby in S1. Maybe, maybe S2. S1 was... Uh, Goalkeeper business. I used to play football, hockey, baseball, anything that. Uh, Budo had baseball. Yeah, anything that got cool kids' schools. It's right only now. guys in Budo who know those things. <laughs> <laughs> baseball, baseball. Oh, so yeah, so um, 
maybe about S2 I started playing um, uh, and uh, yeah I made it to the school team in S4 I think I was I was skinny and uh, I don't think I was very good I remember a certain training session um, at the line out some kept trying to explain something to me and I think I just failed to get it and it was like he shouted at Chadri Chadri was a captain and like Get me somebody else. This boy is too thick to understand what I'm trying to say. <laughs> wow. I've never forgotten that. Like, I was like, dude, it's never that serious. Mm. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so then I uh, I went back to Buda for my A-level. And uh, when I got back in S5, I think we reported on uh, on a Monday. And I was in the starting team on Saturday. We were going to play Smart, actually. Uh, unfortunately, we lost that game in Smart. I think 6-3. It was a tough, tough game. Tough, tough, tough game. I was Beautiful unfit. game of rugby. Um, but uh, that loss then defined our season for us that, that year uh, because we went on to win the league um, in the emotional time that you, you speak about. And yeah, I, that was the turning point, I guess, for me. After in, Zimbe scored in the five and their babes <laughs> ran onto the pitch. <laughs> I blame Arido and Chimono for that loss. <laughs> anyway, uh-huh. so, yeah, so... Yes, um, Budo, we, we, we won the league. We celebrated it thoroughly. It had, it had been a while. I think Budo had last won the league in 2004, before 2010. And uh, we, were, we were happy with ourselves. We, we worked pretty hard that year. I think we were the best team in the country that year. Unrivaled, we had uh, probably the heaviest and the hardest working pack and a pretty intelligent line. And we did well. So it was it was good that we won the league that season because if we hadn't won, I don't think we'd have been very happy with ourselves. We had worked too hard for that. Yeah. Um. So at, was it a given for you always that you were, you were going to move on to club rugby, or um, was there a certain turning point that made you take that decision? I can't say for certain, really. Um. When you're a kid, you just want to play. Mm. So when we left school. In S4, I started training with pirates. Mm. I started playing with sailors. I don't know why, though. I can't quite recall how I ended up. But I, I ended up training with sailors. And so in S4 VAC, I was training with sailors. In S5, I, I, I trained with them as well. I actually played for sailors in 2009 and 2010. And then uh, later on, in 2011, actually, as well, the holidays. I remember there was maybe two games. So yes, uh, straight from school, I went straight into sailors. Um, I didn't go anywhere else. And then from Sailors into Pirates. Yeah, there are very few Pirates players who haven't gone through Sailors. I think it's only Chanoa and Ivan Magum. Mm-hmm. And Adi. The elite class. Yeah, they have, and they Adnan. Few, yes, very few. And most, Adnan. Adnan never played Sailors. the Sailors. And, uh, yeah, but it, it was, uh, I think for me, Sailors was a very, it was very important for me because it is where I actually realized perhaps that I, I, I really liked to play. I remember we used to play at the time with very old people. I used to play with Tonchu. Tonchu was my flanker. So in the middle of the game, when we were playing, if we were attacking, I would be the number eight. If we were defending, I would move him to number eight so that I have to meet on meet the guy who's coming to to, to do any damage to us. I was saving the old man, the hard work. <laughs> so it was fun time. So those, those uh, and I mean, it, it was nice, you know, guys like Tonchu that played for a while, so they, had, they were guiding us and everything, and we're always looking up to the guys, the channels up there, pirates and everything. 
So yeah, that 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 is uh, my journey. Then we get into the senior team. And yes, I like to say I was lucky. Why well, I've noticed that about you. You like to say two things: that you are lucky, and you're not you aren't that good, or you're not good enough. Why do you say that? And yet, the rest of the rugby community has a different opinion. Well, if I was actually good, I would probably be playing in England. <laughs> or New Zealand. Please, please, yeah. stick to England. Don't so, go. That's, That's why maybe I don't think I was good. Uh, and uh, I think I was lucky because I, I live my life believing that a lot of the things that happen in the world are a result of luck. And uh, so... Um, I'll give you an example. The final that we won uh, against Namiliango. Um, that probably made me the rugby player that I am today. Yeah, because, and I can't even explain how I ended up playing, but I remember I, I was picked from school. I go home and then my ma- I just told my mom, like, Mommy, I have a final today and I think I need to play. I was like, are you sure you want to play? I said, yes, I, I, re- I think I really, really need to play. And she's like, okay, fine, you get a candy. And so that's how I ended up there. So if my mom had been, because at that time she had lost her husband and everything, if she wasn't in her right frame of mind to say, no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't go, you shouldn't. But I guess she, so I say I was lucky. She, she was in a sort of mood. I didn't have any control over her mood. And I think she was like, you know what, go do what you want to do. Yeah, so, and that there then it just it sort of like split the Red Sea for me because they, then everyone was just like, oh, this young man, he has all this heart. I mean, yeah, I had some heart, but I don't think it was that much. <laughs> I think it was just okay, yeah? yeah so, yeah, that, that uh, yeah, that's my story, I guess. Oh, yes, I played for Pirates. I, I, made, I made it from Sailors to Pirates in uh, 2012 I played my first game for Pirates against Sogi it was a lovely game I remember abusing him throughout the game telling him you're an old man now I've come to take your number and oh my word he was cross Jesus Christ he was cross God rest his soul yeah um, Caesar. any thoughts about um, these two gentlemen that you would like to share from your time observing them being players and also at this point that they have reached? Uh, well, I've always thought, I've always thought about Chano, I don't know, I've always thought him a very special player. Uh, he, he when we were in school, he, Chano was in S4 when we joined Smack, and their class, their class was just full of unbelievable players. They were just confused. They had the Tanzanian called Sugu, my Lord Jesus. <laughs> Sugu, that guy. Anyway, Chano went to Budo. Chano went to Budo and they came to play us. Uh, in my six years at SMAC, we lost one game. And it was to that Budo team. And I was... There's a very, what do you mean you lost one game? In my six years. Yes, we beat you when you came to Budo. No, at SMAC. Losing at home. Ah, okay. uh, losing at home. We lost one game. That game against Budo with Chimuli and Luce and Chano and... Superman. They came and were on a scrum down and we had my good friend Tara Victor were at the touchline with him and Chano said, Caesar, Kalara, I'm going to pass here. And the scrum down was at the five. Five, yes, around the five. Now you know, <laughs> you know how many people are in a scrum down. So if it's at the five inside, 
at a five. They, there's literally no space between the scrum down and the what? The touchline. And he was playing against his good friend Nyawanga. He said, I'm going to pass here and I'm going to score. And he picked up an eighth man pick and turned and passed that. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> it was really just crazy. So and so when we left school and we left school and I I, I for some reason I always hated pirates. I because from school because it changed. <laughs> from from uh I I always felt like one of the reasons why we didn't perform well in my six years were not coached as a school. We always used to depend on Mr. Motebi who was always busy in his own world and all stuff and he had beef and we had patrons in school there that had beef with each other so he was always busy in politics. I always felt <laughs> when coached yet Budo they would send 20 pirates people. And yet pirates was affiliated to us. And the last in the last was in RS in Chanoze 6 were in S3. And they brought us a school team jersey that had the crest of Budo inside. It's like they had removed the, a Budonian badge and plucked on what? The smack. But I think they had confused the jerseys. The it was just a normal mistake. But me, it just fueled my anger. Next year we called heathens and they coached us and we won the league anyway with heathens. Anyway, I've, I always, Chano was one of those brilliant rugby players and I don't want to even start speaking about his management step because Chano has literally changed. He's a, him and his team and the Chinenes, I guess, I think, started around the Chinenes, they've literally changed the tide of, 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 uh, of Pirates rugby. Their organization, I want to believe, the players are good, they have really, really good players, but I want to believe their success is hinged, hinges a lot on the management of pitch. And because the players, they don't, I don't think they have that much money, but because of their organization as a club, I think it trickles down to what? Trickles down. The seamless change between Bobby and, I, and Marvin. Like, no quarrels, nothing. Like, man, I respect that about your leadership, sir. And I'd like to congratulate you. Marvin, Marvin, I have said it very many times, Marvin, the best rugby player I've ever watched in this country. For me. For me. And you mentioned it on one of yeah, the other for podcasts. For me, he's, he's by far. Hmm? Marvin, when I was in S6, we came to Budo, Sevens. I had brought my S5 boys because I sixes were staying to read mocks. Wait for November after losing you know, We were just frustrated. Anyway, so they didn't show up. So we, we came to Budo to play, and we had this devilish drift we used to play in Smack, where no one would break it. And no matter how small, we're using, we're using like Katongo, small guys. And guys were always short like yeah, this, but smelling like drifting. deep heat. Yeah. It was playing, playing, well. drifting and playing well. And then I was, I was beating Butoka. We scored one try. That game ended 7-0. We scored one try and I was happy because I knew no one was going to break. Until I was just like jazzing with my my friend Okot Lewis and I had Budonians making noise. Marvin had broken the line. That was my first experience of Marvin. He had broken the line. No, Tega. Uncle tapped his. <laughs> oh, I've loved Otega ever since that time. Ever since then, I started following Marvin. And for me, for me, for me, by far, he's my favorite rugby player. His club career and his national career. I don't know, fondest memories. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy he has gone on to, you know, to 
be a good coach so far at least the trophies show it he's going on to be a good coach I'll and i hope answer. i hope ah uh, the reign is not that long but <laughs> i <laughs> hope it does well i hope it does well i always wish him well as i said on one of the podcast actually i think it was the one prior to prior to that that cobs pirates game that the only way he would be happy for a pirates yeah. win uh, or the only reason he would be happy if pirates won is because of marvin and i was happy I was happy because when I went to congratulate him, begrudgingly went to congratulate the team, they were in the VIP section of at Legends. Every player was saying, you must be happy for Marvin, you must be happy for Marvin. And then it made me happy, one, because that meant that guys watched our podcast. I was so excited. <laughs> I was so happy that guys watched our podcast. But no, these guys, uh, they've done so well for their club and they've done well for the country. And I'd like to thank them. Yeah, those are my comments. Yeah, and well, we're still here for those that are always viewing, all those that are viewing for the first time. They should know that we're at the Fred and Winnie B&B. Where is the Fred and Winnie B&B um, located? It's in Kisasi. Ten self-contained private bedrooms, a fully equipped kitchen, power backup system, Wi-Fi, laundry services, a chef to cater to your every meal, sumptuous buffet breakfast with a choice of selected tropical fruits and juice. Pick up and drop off from Interme International Airport as well as local transportation for getting around. And for upcountry trips can be arranged, simply call the number 0778-933-559. And it's also going to be showing on the lower third of um, the screen. And uh, ideally, as we are in off-season now, uh, take a break from all the, the stress of rugby and uh, just tell them that the Fat Cat sent you for amazing discounts. I have a question for both of them. Uh, start with Marvin, I think then we'll go to channel. But I'll ask both to answer. Marvin. What's your experience coaching your peers? I talked about it earlier on in our podcast that it's very hard to coach people that you've played with, even when you've captained them. You see, captaining a player is different from coaching a player. Uh, you find a situation where uh, maybe because you've been playing with them a long time, they will respect you and know you as, as a player. But you have a situation where you have to coach Musa, you have to coach Ivan, you have to coach Chisiga. Chisiga, not so much, but Musa, Ivan, Masa, these are guys Marvin played with, I think, straight away from what? Uh, sailors. And then he's now, he has to make the decision of today, Musa, you won't play. Uh, how, what is that experience? What have you, what have you experienced in that? And after channel you, the management, I always felt, and these are my views, but I don't attack, I always felt that one of the biggest issues that was at Pirates at that time were the so-called historical people who owned Pirates at that time. And they would run it the way they see fit. It would be their evening plan. And of course, we enjoyed it because Pirates kept on first not performing. They almost got relegated, which would have been the biggest day of my life. <laughs> but they almost got relegated, but they survived it. And then from there, from such a law to then coming and being one of the most well-organized and the most well-organized clubs. And, you know, you manage the, you guys manage the transition. You leave Kampala, which has been your home since time memorial. Then you go to King's Park. You're starting something. How, what was your experience in that change? And was, did you re get some resistance from the so-called old people, the old guns that I felt were, ru were running the club to the ground? Did you get ex uh, resistance, and how has been that experience with management? Ah, uh, yeah. So, um, coaching my peers, the 
it's been interesting. It's been, uh, I mean, coaching is a is, is a is a process. You never stop learning, right? Uh, every single day is, is fresh. The challenges are, are new, but you always learn. But for me, coaching my peers has actually been quite interesting because um, one, they've made it easy for me. Um, when I, I, I send communication, when I want something done, it's very easy, you know, like the, the, the senior players who I played with, uh, Ivan, Musa, and the like, they, they've made it very easy for me. And and so it, it's it's not as hard as I think it should have been. Um, um, I have a very good leadership team uh, who have really made it very easy to, to run the club. Um, the rest of the players follow in line. And it, it's really been, uh, it's been great. I have no complaints. Um, the boys are good. They got themselves a trophy. Um, that's quite something. Um, so yeah, uh, I think I think I I, I would uh, I would recommend. Aredo, <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're hearing. Uh-huh. Yes, you should, uh, <laughs> no, but Jose should still play. Retirement. Uh-uh. Jose... <laughs> he wants Aredo to retire. No, no, Jose should still play. He still has some gas in the tank. I don't want him to be like ah ah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, so you asked about management. Yeah. Uh, the management has, I cannot say it is me alone. It has been a, a very consistent team of, of level-headed gentlemen. Most of us are young, as, mm. as, as you know. So I would say <clears throat> right from Chinene, when Chinene decided to take on the team, just after we survived relegation, from Chinene to Bobby, I, man, Bobby is one of the most organized human beings, I, I think. <laughs> Marvin can attest. <laughs> he has every single statistic of everybody. He's uh, very calm, very cool. Yeah, and so, so basically, I cannot mention everybody, but everybody has been very helpful. We've had uh, le- very good predecessors. We had uh, Edmond Wall, uh, Eric Mutime. Eric was my immediate predecessor, and Eric is one of the gentlemen that instilled the value of good governance and structures. And uh, yeah, so I can, it's, it's, it's not me, it's, it, it's the whole team. Uh, personally, what I like to do is to, uh, to deploy empathy. Like whenever, because I, I, I believe that leadership, when you are a leader, you're sort of at the bottom of, of everything. So you, you always receive the worst, <laughs> the, all the problems, all the complaints and everything comes, comes to you. So, and the only way to manage that is, is through empathy. But yeah, the most important thing has been the team, uh, having a coach like Marvin Odong. I mean, when, when Marvin is a coach, I, I don't even have to think about, about the team list or anything. Yeah, when Bobby is in charge of the stats, I don't even have to, to, to check. Uh, we have... Dennis said to Kate, but I cannot mention everybody, but the system works. Uh, there was a joke one time when we, were in, uh, when we had gone to Cape Town for the World Cup. I was lying on a couch sleeping. So we're sharing a house with Cobbs guys, Heathens guys, and everyone was laughing that, hey, the finance chairman is here sleeping while his team is in, I think we're in Fort Porter that, that weekend. And for me, what made me happiest about that joke was that the fact that Someone can be away, and, and everything will move like in a seamless manner. Yeah. 
Mm. Okay, that's very interesting. But I think we should first maintain. <laughs> we should first maintain on that uh, that topic of of systems. Um, just paint for us a picture for pirates um, from, like he said, a point of near relegation, um, transitions in management, transitions in coaching. How has how have the systems changed, and how are the systems working right now? All the way from players to um, um, commercial side of things to um, to, to, to fans, uh, recruitment and everything, and also transitioning into from Legends to Kings Park. Maybe yeah. you can just paint for us a, a picture about the whole, how it works, because it looks like you guys are having something that is actually working, right? I mean, there are new fans coming in. Um, we are seeing uh, two teams, um, the two, two, two men's teams, actually, Pirates and uh, Sailors. We're seeing the ladies' teams that are also doing well. We are seeing so much happening with the club. Ah, so how does it work? Number one, if you'll allow me brag a little bit. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, you guys have been bragging for it's now two weeks, so <laughs> I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. Do you want to say your members are not from that school in the forest? <laughs> we can also say that. <laughs> that's, allow. A, that's a low blow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a low blow, Caesar. What but, school uh, are we talking? <laughs> I was talking about Seta. <laughs> Seta I. No, <laughs> so a Seta viewers So, Pirates is a uh, at least of last year and all the uh, and many of the other years, Pirates has been the only club that has scored 100 percent in the URU audit. You you, wow. you 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 know that we receive part of the money that comes from the sponsor is mm. subject to an audit. Yeah. Now an audit, uh, th- th- there are some parameters which uh, even us, I must admit, we used to take for granted mm. sometimes. Like number one, you must have a fully constituted expert. Number two, you must have a constitution. You must be a legally recognized entity you need to have uh, you know all the clearances all the uh, statutory clearances to 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 associate you mm. know if, if we sit here and call ourselves pirates mm. do, do we legally exist uh, we are the only club that has audited books of account yeah yeah and i know that that, that particular one is a very sticky issue for all sports uh, across the country so the picture is that Number one is we have tried to institute all the governance parameters. We have a fully constituted excom of nine people. We have a lady among our excom, Marcelina. You all know her. She has done a phenomenal job with the with the funds and our PR machinery, and she's still the one running the show there. So, yeah, we have a fully constituted excom. We have uh, audited books of account. We have a constitution. We are a legal entity, and. That was the starting point. Now, you, ha- you can have those, but then you also have to empower them to work. As a chairman, I know that some people complain that I can be too quiet, but the reason that I have chosen to be quiet is because I want everything to, to work. Through systems, through systems, not persons. Yeah, so if, if there's a funds coordinator, which is Marcelina, I do not step into her docket. I let her do what she's supposed to do. We have a treasurer. Peter Laboke, I don't enter his docket. Of course, there is some uh, uh, teamwork here and there, but ultimately, the person in charge of of their docket is fully in charge. Marvin is in charge of the team. At no point has the ex-co ever even even thought of suggesting that why doesn't so-and-so play? I mean, we we can make some comments uh, informally, but 
we don't interfere with anyone's work. Yeah, um, that's that's quite interesting. Um, maybe to talk to, I always worry that and it's a disease in this country. I mean, there's a time bomb pending in, when the great general retires from power. How do you deal with the transition? Because as you can see, most organizations in this country, for example, uh, they struggle with the transition. And it's nice to hear that there was that seamless change. Well, I want to commend Eric. I didn't know Eric was a chairman of Pirates. Now that's legit because when you see things working and you don't know who the chairman of the organization, anyway, maybe because I don't like Pirates. And maybe why I know is because Chanowira has has been my friend a long time. So Take I a always, shot for every time. Like Caesar Caesar. I always follow. But maybe how do you do how do you then deal with the transition to avoid a, a situation where we have we we have change, change in leadership. Uh change in leadership can bring its own problems. And how do you deal with that? Because then the continuity of because there's something amazing going on at Kings Park. I maybe you're just giving us on the surface, but anyone who wants to know about good management should 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 uh, pay attention a, a little bit more on what is happening. I like to commend you guys for what you're doing. I want to know how do you maintain how how do you deal with the transition because uh, d- does your constitution stipulate how long? A chairman is supposed to run. Are people going to enjoy your good leadership so much that then they say, uh, third term and Chisanja, and, and then will you stay longer like the, our leader? And then that whole, because I always say you, ha- you can have something going on, going on that is beautiful and amazing. But then when you do not manage the transition and then all your work has been, that you've been done, is cut the, uh curtailed by the transition so do you guys have a are you confident in the system of transition eventually when marvin retires from coaching or you retire from chairmanship <coughs> and all that stuff how are you guys going to deal without transition because as your fans have been alluding to it on the tl a lot this is the first of many they've been talking about that they're in charge this is the first of many mm-hmm. and also how do you deal with this transition to ensure Heathen, uh, Pirates is like, say, Heathens that has won six leagues in a row or seven leagues in a row that has maintained Chadondo for quite a long time without, up until they became Chester and, and Chester. Anyway, yeah. How, how, how do you deal? I think, uh, let, me, let me come in first. Um, transition is a thing, I think, that is uh, hinged on systems. Um, where the systems work, then transition uh, is, is not uh, a big challenge. I'll give an example of the coaching. So Bobby had been our coach for from 2016, right? And um, so in 2018, when I, I told Bobby I was going to stop playing, I told him I didn't want anything to do with rugby. I wanted to step away and, and go, and he refused. He said, my captain, I can't let you go. And so he said, I want you to be on my coaching team. Now, Recently, when he was leaving, he told me, you see, then when I told you that, that was part of our business continuity planning. Because I knew you were good. I knew I knew that, that these boys respected you. They had you as their leader. So I needed somebody like that on my bench, and I couldn't let you go. So as part of my business continuity planning, I needed you in the, in the dugout. With me. So two years ago, when he appointed me head coach, 
he told me now I need to move myself to director of rugby, and I need you to become the head coach. And I was like, but I'm not ready to be a head coach. He said, no, I'm going to be here with you. For I'm going to be here as director of rugby. So don't worry, you'll be the head coach. I'll be guiding you where you where I see you straying. You I'll put you back in line. And so throughout my first year as head coach, um. We were going through that, like I would consult him, I tell him, look, this is my session plan. And he's very organized, like Tano said. So when he was director of rugby, he still is part really, but um, every week he would ask me for my session plans. He said, look, what are you planning for this week? Like, what are you going to, what are you taking to the boys on the pitch? What new skills are you imparting? What uh, what mistakes do you make in the last game that we're working on this week? And he and he just didn't have time to do them. And he would, be, he would test on me. Mm. So I used to ask him, like, Bobby, how, for you, how many hours do you have in your day? Because me, I don't have enough time to do all these things. <laughs> you know, and he used to tell me, like, wake up at 4 a.m. and do everything you have so that by 10 or 11, you've done everything you need to do in the day. So for me, that, that, that sort of planning, you know, where you have everything is organized, right? So he, that, during that period of time, he was preparing, you know, like, look, one day anything might happen, I could leave. At the time, he didn't know he was leaving, of course. Mm. But when he appointed me, he didn't know he was leaving. But because you must have a business continuity plan, you must, the organization cannot come to a halt because Bobby has left the uh, office, you know, because he has traveled to another country, or because Chano has gotten uh, an appointment in another country and has to leave, you know. The organization must keep running. And for it to keep running, there must be people who can run in those positions, mm. right? Yeah. So in his business continuity planning, he just had me in there. He said, no, look, you will be the head coach. But as a director of rugby, my job is to oversee the entire rugby setup of the club. And in doing that, I must guide you to play that, to, to coach the sort of rugby that our club should be defined by, to run the systems the way they should be running in the club. And so, Yes, yeah. that channel can go on the management side, but on the technical side, mm. at least that is something that we, we, we are doing. And I will also be running into my business continu- continuity planning. Is Musa a part of the plan? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who it will be, but they will come along and we shall have a team. Yeah. And, and when the time comes for me to leave, I shall have left the club in a, probably a better, better place than place. I found it. Mm. And are you ready to, without him, are you now confident and ready to take up the mantle full-time, seeing as, okay, he might be on WhatsApp and all, but now that he's not he's not going to be around in country to be that voice of guidance for you, are you now okay yeah, now? I mean, uh, for, for most of this season, he had a, a hands-off approach now. He, he no longer interacted. Even when I made an, a mistake, like decisions in the game, he, he would never come and tell me, I think you were yeah. doing this wrong. So he would let me learn. Mm. Uh, there were games where I made some very bad decisions and then after the game we'd have a post-game review and he'd tell me, look, um, I think they'd ask me, how do you think the game went? Say, look, we didn't do this right. Like, why do you think, you know, this didn't go right? And then we'd have a discussion around that. Say, like, so the reason why didn't, this didn't go well is because of this. And then you're like, oh my God, yes. yes, yes that is it. Mm. Yeah. And so yes, I think I'm, I'm, I'm now ready. I have uh, gone through um, proper training, and uh, he should be probably a, a world rugby educator right now. Ah. I think he should uh, upgrade. But yes, always call him uh, a leader of men because yes, of that twenty uh, yeah, that twenty eighteen uh, 
team. It's quite something. They literally were playing for him. They weren't playing for Pirates. I feel it. They were playing for him. My God. Best rugby I've watched in the league from your dear club. Yes. So the question was about how do we ensure continuity, continuity transition. and transition. Yeah. Transition. So what, what we what we what we've done in Pirates is uh, we we have a, a sort of hierarchical system. So everybody knows, and like you said, I, I, you seemed to, to suggest that some of the old men are not good, but uh, I think that they are very they are very good. Political, <laughs> but it's okay. Uh-huh. Some of them can can be a lot sometimes, mm. but at the end of the day, everybody has the, the goodwill of the club at, at heart. So what we what we've tried to do, especially at management level and even in part of our structures, we have a hierarchical system. So much as I'm the chairman of the club, I also still have people that I'm accountable to. Uh, aside from you know everybody else, there, there are certain people who. I still have to go back to and, and explain this is like this because of this and, and, and that. So yeah, we have a hierarchical system, but also our constitution is quite clear on uh, the terms, mm. uh, the duties of everybody. So yeah, everybody follows what, what should be done. Okay. Yeah, um, so Marvin, I'm just reviewing. Uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to just sit down and just look back at the season. But um, from where I observed, um, especially from a pirate's journey, starting strong. Um, you made him change from warrior, warrior's pirates. You, you have evidence. That. For Be that. proud of it. <laughs> Be proud of it. You made him change. I told some guy, pirates I don't know fan. which weekend, I told him I'm the reason pirates won this trip. Oh, wow. <laughs> because I told him, when I become a fan, they are going to win. Warriors has never won anything. <laughs> oh, okay, fine, fine. You had us to start. Probably I have friends in Cobbs. Let me keep quiet. So anyway, um, like I was saying, Pirates started strong. Pirates uh, became a bit lackluster. I should say they're dropping a couple of uh, vital points here and there. Um, then there was a point that seemed to be like a, a mental resurgence because I felt, from my point of view, I felt like there was a, there was a point where they seemed like they had allowed to either be second or third. That's just my point of view. But then it reached a certain point where there was that switch and now the boys all of a sudden went hunting for every, every game, every result that put them in that position to have that final test on the last day of the season. That final test that Caesar did not even want to watch. And Passing that final test with flying colors. I mean, what's your recap of the season? And just give us a little bit of what happened in that week building up to Cobb's Pirates. Um, We started well, yes. Um, Then we had, like you said, we had a deep in form. Now, the beauty about having a deep in form is it can't get any worse, right? I mean, you when you're deep in form and you're losing bonus points, you're nearly losing a game to Rams. You have Rams was at the bottom of the table. We 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 had been telling ourselves we were chasing a trophy. So when that's a reality check, it gets you thinking. You're like, really, are we actually in 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 in, in the running for this? And so, um, round about the Easter break, if I recall right, I remember we I had a leadership meeting. I, I had a, I took my leadership team out for. Dinner and 
And I told them, look, we, we, what we are going through now, we must be able to troubleshoot and understand where the issue is. You know? And the leadership team is brilliant. They have the best quality players in this country. And so we sat down and agreed that we needed to, to turn the corner. We needed, if we were to win the league, we needed to turn the corner. Yeah, so the, the, I think the, the Easter break was very timely for me because I remember on, uh, on, on, on Easter Saturday, I don't know if that's what it's called, that Saturday before yeah. Easter Sunday. Easter Vigil. It's called Easter Vigil, yeah? Uh, um, it's what it's called, Easter okay. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Easter Vigil, yes. I remember uh, some of the players for training session. Now that was odd because it was a Saturday, it was a, uh, that was a holiday, remember, yeah? Mm. Everyone was in chill mode. So I told the players, no, if you, if you want to win the league title, you must be able to, to put aside. I remember I was home with my wife and I was telling her I'm going for a training session and she looked at me like I was psycho. And I told her, but I, I need to win this. So if I have to win this, I need to be there with the boys. I've asked them to be there and I have to be there. And so we went and we had a session. And for me, that particular session, that session for me changed the league. That, in that session, I saw boys who wanted to win the league. They turned up. It was a random Saturday. People wanted to be out drinking. I mean, heathens was out having uh, time of their lives, right? And we were jealous for that, man. We could, we could, mm. we could also be having a mid-season get-together mm. to understand ourselves. But we needed to work. We had been failing. Heathens had been excelling. Corps had been excelling. Our competitors had been excelling. Well, for us, we had been failing miserably. And for me, that day, we won the league that day because after that session, the sessions that followed, and you will tell from the results in the games that followed, that there's a stark contrast between pre-Easter and post-Easter for Pirates. If you just look at the scores, the number of tries scored per game, the minutes in the, the, the segments of the game in which we're scoring these tries, everything changes for us at that point. And for me, I think that is where it was different. Um, leading up into the, uh, the final week, so, during that, uh, that Easter weekend, we agreed. We said, look, we must do our part, right? And so, in the last week of the season, I told the boys, look, guys, we, were, we had we dipped in form. It was a tough time for us. We came together, talked about it as a family. Now, after talking about it as a family, we left it to God and Lady Luck, whoever it is. Actually, I told them whatever deity you believe in has ensured that you're here at this particular moment today. So do not let them down. Alright? If you're a Muslim, if you're a Christian, if you're a Buddhist, if you're an atheist, if you're agnostic, whoever you are. If you're what? Agnostic. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever thing you believe in, if you're a Scientologist, it had worked in your favor to this moment. Don't so you cannot let them down. You just cannot let them down. All right? So we went into that game. We, we knew we wanted to win. I had told them at the start of the season that we were going to win the league on the 13th of May. And I was very serious about it at the time. But then we dipped in form. And I kept telling them, guys, for me, on my, my, I have programmed my 13th of May to be celebrated. And I need all of you to align with my calendar. So you must join in. Like walk around your clocks 
and make sure your goodwill is with you for the 13th of May. And so when we came into that game, I remember I was talking to Nathan uh, before the game, and he walked in. He walked in. He came in a bit late, so I was a bit cross with him. He's like, "But Mavado, we are going to win the game. Why are you worried?" And I told him, "We need to be here on time together." He said, "No, Mavado, calm down. I am telling you, we are going to win this game." Then, then the guy talked to Marcel, the captain. I, I told him, "So, uh, I think we are making a coin toss." I told him, make sure you win the coin toss. He told me, Marvin, I've never lost a coin toss. So when he came back from the coin toss, he told me I won. And we are going to win the game. And uh, there's a saying about uh, as fate has it to one. Mm. <laughs> well, anyway, um, so, Chano, um, one of the most distinct things that you guys have really had um, this season, I think from last season building into this season, is how you've transitioned into a new area and that there's an, there's an influx of new fans, the Jazzy coming in and so many people are donning the, the replica. Half of them don't even know the rules, but it's great that they're supporting the team, they're enjoying themselves. How important is the connection between the club, community, and the fans, and also how impactful have Pirates fans been for the club this season? And maybe how can you handle... Help co- clubs like Cobbs to also... No, 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 let's not talk about Cobbs, please. Please. Hey guys, I love Cobbs. I'm just messing with uh, Mike, you guys. How do you harness that relationship uh, while you're answering? How do you harness that relationship to make to ensure that this this fan base, because I'm big with about fan bases, how do you harness this fan base to become a very big and influential factor in terms of running a club? In the sense that I always feel like one of the biggest sponsors of rugby should be our fan base if they're harnessed well. How do you do then convert this huge mammoth crowd of your fans into subscribers and members? Subscribers and Proper supporters are not just fans and yes. Okay, so I, I think, l- let me just add on to what Marvin said yeah. about the confidence. And uh, like I said earlier, for me, uh, l- let me just read for your scripture here. I'm, I'm uh, 100% Christian. Mm-hmm. So Mark chapter 11, verse 24 of the Amplified Bible says, For this reason I am telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. Now, this is what I live my life by throughout. So, if indeed you believe that that uh, God exists, whoever God is to you, when you pray to him, the Bible is telling us, trust and be confident. So I prayed for this game, I think. I, I don't even know how long. <laughs> I told Marvin after we won the, the Heathens game, I, I was praying for like three hours. And... and, and that scripture became became real for me. Uh, you asked about the fans. The fans, uh, as well, I must say that the Pirates probably has the, the best fans right now. They have the Not five. probably. Pirates has the best fans in the country. <laughs> Pirates has the best fans, the biggest fans. You are in charge. You can say anything. We are in charge. <laughs> we have all the owned legends. Owned legends. Where were the other fans? Owned Panamera. <laughs> Bruno, where were you? 
I mean, the Caesar, where were you? I was in a meeting for my friends ah, getting married. Okay, I mean, okay. he missed the party because of marriage. Marriage <laughs> is more important than... Okay, okay, okay. no. I, yeah, but you? anyway, like I was saying, we, we have a very, very big fan base, young, energetic. Ex, uh, and one of the things that our sponsor, Stan Big, told us uh, the first time they came to Kings Park was that our fans, and I'm not attacking any other fans, but they said that our fans are a very very good demographic for any commercial uh, for, for any anyone with commercial interest that is true it is young it is educated it is uh, they have it, a lot of time i can fight they, them. They, 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 they have money so yeah it's, yeah, a, yeah. It, it, it's a very good Pocket demographic money. Uh, last year we had a, a deep as as ex as management we we delayed to get our kit took us almost nine months to get our kit in. We also delayed to get our replicas. But I, I like to think, like Marvin says, luck also had uh, something. Lady there luck. There because, well, the, you know, the, the anticipation for the, for the new jerseys, uh, the, the new replicas, built for a very long time. So when the replicas came, it was just, it was just the, the right time. Uh, like you asked about turning it into, uh, commercializing it, Commercializing it is uh, something that we still need to work on. Uh, like I said, our management is not yet perfect. We still need to learn many things. But what we have done for now, we be I and this is my own thinking. Some people may not agree with me. I think that in a cash economy like this one, something like membership is still a bit difficult. Mm. You know, if somebody's rent is let's say four hundred thousand shillings, mm. you're asking him to pay. 300,000 membership mm. for a protracted benefit which is going to come in six or eight months. It's a bit difficult. But if you're giving him, if you're, if you're offering him something immediately, immediately. like a replica or a, a t-shirt, a cap, uh, something, it is something that, the, 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 that they will take up immediately. But that does not mean we are, we are not pushing on the money on the membership front. We are still pushing it, and uh, yeah, we hope to see where it goes. Uh, maybe to ask uh, Marvin, been wanting to ask this question a long, long time. Um, your your players this season have been, some of them have been sublime. Uh, of course, there are those names that have been appearing twenty four seven: Sydney, uh, Ziwa, and uh, to mention but a few. I I I I mean someone told me Sandy George told me that uh with the tutelage of big pass and these upcoming players and then desire and everywhere else uh our back row is safe for this country for the next I mean I, okay pass might be going away but he will he will do that kind of nurturing thing mm. then he goes away and we have a whole lot of forwards or loose forwards and George told me we are very happy. He's very happy that our country has loose forwards for the future. And I agree with that. My question to you comes with one of those players, in your opinion. Now, this has some controversy. So please do not be political. Tell the truth. Um, Ivan Magom, most, top, most point scorer, I think, yeah. in the league. I don't remember. In any game... The games I watch of Paris, I didn't see him miss a kick. Not one. They, there are not many. They're like two, I think, or three. 
and I didn't see him miss a ki- any kick. And uh, but personal opinion, I love uh, I love Ivan very very very. I was the happiest when he was named the national team captain. I've always dreamt about that a player I saw starting from soccer at school and all that stuff. But I want to ask, I wanted to ask you, although at the beginning of the season he was playing well, but not the Ivan we knew, and that culminated into that Cobb's game at Kings Park, where I felt like in my years, in my years of watching rugby, that's the worst game I've watched Magum play. Still brilliant in the game, but I felt like his captaincy role at Pirates at that time uh, made him do more of talking to the ref more and i always brought it up even all the talking that i was doing and i felt like it was hindering his game at club level and especially at national team and and then due to your management changes one he was i think promoted to a higher i don't position and then he 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 ceased to become i think he's on the leadership team i don't know but he ceased to become the main captain the main captain of what of uh and i felt like when that change was made, he became a different animal. I felt like he was playing, playing free. He didn't have to talk to the ref. He can talk to the ref, but not. it's not his obligation. There's talking to the ref when you're like, ah, oh, but Sauda, what did you do? I'm sorry, you Sauda, the best ref in the country. <laughs> but Sauda, what did you do? But then there's talking to her because it's your obligation as a captain. I always used to see it with Asawa in my club. I always thought... Asaba's captaincy made him play less rugby. I always thought Asaba always performed better on the national side because he had no responsibility whatsoever but to play his rugby. I always thought, personally, but as he grew up, he got better at it. Did you did you feel that, oh, you didn't see any difference between when Ivan became club captain and stopped being team captain and when he had the armband on pitch? Because I felt, personally, I felt that he when he was taken when captains was taken away and he became club captain then he played a little bit and he played some of the best rugby i've watched him play the few games i watched especially our game at uh, that first half my god i i want to ask you do you feel the same way do you feel like he became a different animal when that leadership part he still was a leader but the official leadership part was removed from him while you're at it, I might not get time, so let me... What's your opinion about my club, my team, my players, Corps <laughs> being my club? What's your opinion, your technical opinion about my club and the season we've had and how you toppled over us that game after we had beaten you at your home? How did you do it better and get over my players? What's your opinion there? Thank you. So... Um on the Ivan issue, mm. um, you know, leadership is heavy. I shall not hold you the, the leadership receives everything. Yeah. Everything is thrown from the top for the leader. Mm. So as as the, as the team captain, um, everyone's problems. You're on the pitch. Everyone is saying, Ivan, the ref is not listening to us. So they want you to go and, and talk to the referee. They want you to do this. So we, I had been recognizing that for a while, and I thought... I thought he was he was being he, he was um, heavy laden, mm. you know, like there was too much weight on him, and and so I thought to myself, what I did was rather than have him have so much weight, mm. 
I diversified the captaincy. So right now, I think I have four captains, five captains mm. on my team. Mm. Five captains, then a leadership group. So yeah. it, it, it's tricky, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yes, but I, I needed to do something like that. So that decisions, decision-making was, dis- was decentralized. Decentralized. Yeah, that in the park, the decisions didn't have to come from Ivan. That they turn and say, Ivan, what do we do? No, no, no. There was going to be a park leader who was also a captain, and he would make that decision, right? In the line, there would be a, a, a captain there to make a decision there, right? Then overall, there would be another captain. So there would be a consultation. So the, the, the decision-making was decentralized, and I think it freed up space for him to think. Because you see, what you want from your number 10 is clear mind. Clear mind, yeah. And now when you have a number 10 like Ivan Magomo, a clear mind is like having a, a dagger, a, a, a wooden stake, <laughs> and you're fighting vampires. Vampires, you know? yeah. Yeah, so... When you have an Ivan, when you have Ivan Magomo with a clear mind, uh, my friend, you are going to put all these other teams to the sword. Yeah. I mean, you saw it in the last game. Yeah. You know, man of the match performance, flawless off the boot. And and I must tell you, he, had, he hadn't had the best kicking season, actually, by his standards. He had, uh, I, can't, I can't recall what his statistics were, but I think he must have been hovering around 50 or, or 40% success rate. I mean, Ivan Magomo, you expect him to be at 80, 90%, mm, right? 90%. Yeah, so he, he wasn't doing his best, but he, he did his best when it mattered, mm. and that's what he wanted. Um, regarding uh, the team, your team, yeah. Cobbs, um, Cobbs, I think, had a very good season. Actually, aside from Pirates, I think they had a very good season. They were <laughs> scoring really high. They, every team that they met, they put to the sword. You know, I remember when we were having our dips in form, we'd be like, but guys, Cobbs is scoring against these same teams. We went to Waluku and almost failed to get a bonus point. And we were just like, guys, when Cobbs met these guys, the score was 70, I think 80 or something. Then for us, if we're fighting for the same trophy, we must be scoring these points. So Cobbs was out of this world. They, they scored well. When they when they attacked, they were, they were venomous and everything. I, I remember when we lost to Cobbs at Kings Park. I, didn't, I don't think we were supposed to lose that game. I think we we let ourselves down, and uh, we had a, po- a post game review, and we identified our problems. We said, "Look, okay, um, the last time when Cobbs beat us, this this, this was our Achilles heel, right? Um, we had kicked away possession. Actually, every time we kicked away possession, Cobbs scored off of that. So coming into the final week, we we structured ourselves around. Okay, fine, we can still give them the possession." But we shall ensure that uh, the gaps that were identified in the last game were non-existent. And 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 perhaps that uh, I remember you people discussing my team selection and, and, and thinking I was crazy at the time. But uh, I had four people who are who had a flankers flankers what's the term like a flankers um, mindset mindset right? yes. Mm-hmm. So that ensured that when where there were gaps, there was at least always somebody to, to bridge. Yeah. And in the last game, I remember if you, if you recall, right, Adrian broke the line, Karim mm. broke. Every time we kicked to them, they just broke the line. They, they literally strolled through our line mm. and then had us on the back foot. Now this time it was different. We had those gaps plugged and uh, when we kicked away possession, we gained it back and we scored. 
if we didn't score off of it, we put you in a very bad place, right? Like you are, you are, you didn't hit a gain line or whatever. So I think, I think that is really what we, we just, what we did was address our problems in the last game. Okay. Because we, we knew we, we had no problem attacking. Mm. I think we're the best attacking team in the country. When we have the ball, our attack is unmatched. We had problems defending once or twice when we had problems defending when we kicked our opposition and when we plugged that gap, we, we delivered the league title. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, as we come to the end of this, I have one question for each of you. Um, starting with Um We have seen continuous construction at Kings Park. What's the long-term plan for Kings Park and perhaps for Pirates as well? Uh, Kings Park is uh, it's going to be one of the, one of the best sports arenas in uh, in East Africa. Uh, I, I can share with you. I had kept it under wraps for some time, but but now I can share the the 3D impression of, of what Kings Park is going to look like. It's going to be a. It sits on 10 acres first of all. It has a mall. There's a swimming pool which is already open, already active. We have enough. Parking. You have a swimming pool. Yeah. Where is the swimming pool? Where is the swimming pool? Uh, when you at the parking and you look to the right hand side, there's a wall there with a gate. Mm. There's a swimming pool in there. Oh. 25 meter long pool. The, 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 the national team swam there uh, during oh. their training. You want me to go and swim in a King's Park? <laughs> I think you don't understand. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So so Kings Park is a is a fully fledged international standard facility. Our pitch is, I think, the only north-south pitch you know uh, by, by, by standards you are they supposed to the, the pitch is supposed to be north-south <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, one team does not have an unfair, an unfair advantage when the sun is setting now you see when you're at Chadondo and you're attacking town and, and they kick into you the, the sun is right in your face yeah. I think the same thing happens at Legends I'm not very sure I, I don't know much about Ginger I was but Do you have any plans on changing? Your tough can get terrible sometimes. Uh, a lot of times. That was uh, a while back. Stuff this season, guys. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> it has good drainage. Let's not talk about it. has no, good drainage. Our tough, yes, we accept. 20, I mean, we opened this pitch in 2018. Yeah. So, yes, we have had challenges. challenges. But this season, there has been no better tough. You, you, you saw the, the weekend when when Chadondo and uh, I think Walukuba had <laughs> had something, but then Kings Park was nice and green. Unfortunately, Chadondo is tilted because <laughs> anyway. He's really such a hater. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> well, you are still telling us you leave this one and leave problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Kings Park, uh, we hope to make it uh, the best, the best pitch, the best rugby facility in uh, in East Africa. Okay. We look forward to that. So, um, are you going to have some games for Victoria Cup? We hope so. We wait and see what, what the union says. Okay. Um, so, Marvin, I have two questions that maybe you can briefly answer before I, I rest my case with you. Um, the first, your team has won. The players are saying they're in charge. The fans have made all the noise. How do you build on this with all the pressure? 
Because we are coming for you. We are coming for you. Ah uh, yes. Um, you know, on on the day we won the, the league, I called the boys in for a team talk. They were celebrating, and I walked to each and every one of them. I told them, let's go to the corner and talk. And I told them, guys, I'm happy that we have won, but the celebration needs to stop at our earliest convenience. Because now we have a target on our backs. You know? The easier part is getting to the top. Staying at the top is the tougher part. So they do know what is at hand. They know that we have a target on our backs. They know that we must maintain. We must, we cannot... We cannot continue in the business as usual operations. We must tweak something. If you want to continue winning, you must tweak something. I, I, I am a big fan of Razor, uh, Scott Robertson. I, I think he's probably the most interesting coach. You people might not know that uh, Scott but Robertson is dyslexic. That's so what I was going to ask you. Who that, are your rugby influences? You know, uh, and now, so... It's interesting how he operates. And for me, I watch the Crusaders and I don't like New Zealand rugby. I'm an Aussie fan and, and a Reds fan. But the organization that is Crusaders is quite something. Right? It's quite something. And, and for me, I would want to mirror the sort of success that Crusaders has had at Pirates. So that is my, my, that's my goal. I hope to be... I hope one day you guys call me and say, Oh, Razor, how are you? And Scott Robertson of Uganda. Yeah. You know how to be boy. <laughs> I, will, I will learn. It's something that I'm working on. When we win next year, when we win the league again next year, I will happily do it. All right. Uh, yes. Uh, so, uh, so, my, last, my last question to you would be, um, how is marriage treating you? And how has it sucked? Is suck she a rugby fan? Yes, and yes, yes. How um, has the coaching experience? Because you're never at home. How has it experienced? Yeah, so, balancing so, that. Balance marriage life, life is rugby. Rugby is a very complicated sport. I have interest in that marriage, so I have yeah. to fight for them. Marriage life is absolute bliss. I cannot complain a single bit. Uh, I met my wife at the rugby club. Oh. And she's a big rugby fan. Okay. She actually used to be a Cobbs fan. Then used to. <laughs> yeah, no, she has to change. <laughs> peace <laughs> at home. Women are peacemakers. That is God so, given. I mean, it's uh, so it it it's it hasn't been hard. She has been very very supportive. Um, she has been extremely supportive. Uh, we pray before games, and I think God listens to her prayers a lot. Uh, so whenever she prays, we win games, and, and I have stress free. And I mean. For me, family. I'm a very, I'm, I'm very strong on family values. I, I think family is the most basic unit of society and can be used to influence anything in this world. So I, I, I really uh, hold family very strong and very close to my heart. Uh, and, and I normally tell the boys that when you play a game, you, if you lose that game, it's only, it's not only you who gets affected. Your mother, who knows that you play rugby, gets affected. I remember when we lost to Cobbs. My mom, I went home to see my mom and she was like, why didn't desire start? And I'm like, man. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we lost the game. Just wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like, why didn't desire start? Why? And, and I, I, I couldn't explain to her the dynamics of why of him having to work and everything. I just told her, man, it was tactical and what. So, you know, so family, our families, 
our families release us to this sport. You know, uh, Sydney's mom or his dad, they are okay with him going to play. Rugby is a very dangerous sport. You know, I personally almost lost my life playing. Um, people have broken bones, Chana has told you, broken his bone. But the families still go ahead and they're like, oh my God, let me send Ziwa to go and play the most dangerous game in the world. Let me send Marvin to go and so pretend over the most dangerous game in the world. And for me, I must applaud our family because without them, we are nothing, yeah. right? My wife wakes up, prepares for me breakfast, ensures that my kit is in my kit bag, my sneakers are clean. She's, you know, she's ensuring that my day is structured that, uh, such that it ends at rugby. That when I go to office and I, and I think, oh my God, today is a training day, I don't have to worry that I don't have kids, you know? So for me, families play a very strong part in us being who we are today. Like, name any single rugby player. There's a, there's a family behind it. Any single, there's no single rugby player in this country. And I must applaud for every team in this country, the families that these players come from. We thank you. We love you guys. Thank you for lending us your players. Thank you for ensuring and thank you for trusting us to send them back to you in one piece. Okay? Um, so for me, Yes, you asked about uh, marriage and family, that, that's my take, because without the family, we are, we are nothing. And they, have, they allow us to come out here, they allow us to play, they support us, they give us a, like a shoulder to cry on when we lose games. I remember when we lost to Forbes, I had the worst week ever. And I went home and then my wife was just like, man, it's okay, you, you win next time. I'm like, bro, I wanted to win today, don't judge me next time. <laughs> I wanted to win today. I can hear the wind now, but 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 yeah, and uh, maybe I, th I don't think you're going to ask me any other questions. Uh, I'd like to, to our fans, the Pirates fans, and um, the fans of all the clubs. Let me start with the fans of all the clubs. Uh, thank you for supporting your teams throughout the season. Um, it's lovely to see people, the rugby fan base growing. Um, of course, the Pirates fans will always be my best, but behind the Pirates fans, there's the fans of, from every other club. You support your teams. You get them out there. They're, sometimes the players are low on energy, but when they walk into a stadium or into a pitch and their fans there, fans have traveled from across uh, the country to come and, and, and watch you play. It, it means a lot to the players, and, and we thank you. To our families, we thank you very much for um, letting us uh, come out here and you know, do this. And, uh, because you know, when you, when, you know what uh, many people don't know is, for example, coaching or, or playing is you basically commit three days of the week off to rugby completely because Saturday is entirely rugby, you know? Your training days, you'll be in an office, but you're thinking, you know, do I have a training plan for today? What are we working on? What are we addressing? So we thank them uh, for that. Um, for the medical teams that ensure the players are in tip-top shape, um, we're glad. Um, the technical teams, the coaches, my fellow coaches, when the game ended on, on, on Saturday, Asio called me. He must have called me like 20 times and I wasn't picking because my phone was on silent. So I called him back like, dude, I just want to tell you congratulations. You can imagine this a rival coach and he's calling me like, dude, I just want to tell you congratulations. You have done well, well done. And let's tell the boys congratulations. And for me, that meant a lot. Like we are trying to kill ourselves, but at the end of the day, Rugby wins, right? He calls me. I talked to Makalam after the game. He's like, congratulations, you did well. Pius Wagana texted me later on in the night. He's like, hey man, Kongs Mavo, well done. You know, it means something that rugby is not... While we are in our individual 
um, camps. We are still a unit. Caesar is my brother. I, I'll tell you this. We, we talk before games. I tell him, okay, good luck. I hope you lose, you know. But, but I love him to death, you know. And, and that's why he, he keeps telling people that he, he'll be so happy if Marvin wins at the expense of his club, you know. But, but that is what it is. Uh, we are one big family in just with, with different bedrooms. So in our bedrooms, we want everything in order, but when we come to dinner, we're just one big family. And then to the sponsors, um, Nile Special, and for the, all the other clubs, their sponsors, and then to the Stan Big Bank. Um, we would have never done this without you. And uh, uh, it's... Uh, thank you. Cheers. Yeah. Uh, Tano, he seems to have thanked everyone. Do you have anyone else you'd like to thank? <laughs> no, I, I think mine would really be to thank... Uh, we have some particular sponsors. Uh, Stanbic, of course, number one. Uh, maybe just to, to, to say that the CEO of Stanbic Holdings, Andrew Mashanda, is a former rugby player from Zimbabwe. Oh. So he's a really big fan of rugby. And, uh, he was a prop. Spoke number was, he was a prop. And, uh, you, you, you might see him at, at, at some training session soon. Uh, Andrew, in case you're listening, I hope <laughs> we hope to see you there soon. And to... Uh, Everyone at Stanbic Holdings, uh, Stanbic Bank itself, and Juko, I think he also had uh, at the games. Uh, there's a particular lady in marketing called Diana. I'd like to thank you, Diana, so much. Uh, Kenneth, Dan Ogong, everyone on fourth floor, man. I, I cannot mention all of you, but thank you so much for what you're doing for the game of rugby. Nile Special, uh, Marvin has already thanked them, but allow me reiterate that Nile Special has really done big things for rugby to get 9.8 billion i think we are the biggest sponsored in uh, in corporate uganda i think i'm not sure what soccer is getting but the nile special is really doing big things for, for rugby and also to the rugby union uh, the exco the guys at hq i know m many many people like to attack <laughs> you are you <laughs> but i I've, I've done some work there uh, also in, on a voluntary basis, and, and I know what it means to to, to put themselves out there. And uh, they rarely get thanked, but uh, I, I would like to thank them, you know, putting fixtures together, getting teams together, getting referees together, getting match balls. There are things which we, we take for granted that these guys do on a daily basis, and I would like to thank them for that. Yeah, I think I forgot to thank Mm. Is it okay? Can I mm, make okay. an addendum to my... Mm. <laughs> the most important, I think the two most important stakeholders of the rugby game, mm -hmm. without whom there would be no rugby games, the players and the referees. From every single team, well done. You guys did well. Uh, it was a long 18 weeks of a season. But you sold your dawn. You, you, you might not have achieved your objectives, uh, the players, but you'll catch them next time. Hopefully not, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Since I wanted to be petty, but you guys have said a lot of nice things and uh, you unity. You bring it fight. So anyway, <laughs> what message as we close in a few seconds do you have for the Cobb's fraternity? Uh, I, I'm happy. I'm happy. And I was asking, uh, I asked, Marvin, that question because I wanted it to come from him because you know sometimes when you tell players that they did well, I think it's a, uh, they they would want to believe 
he's Caesar. Yeah, he, <laughs> he has to say that, man. He loves us too much. Man, I'm happy. I'm happy with with what our season was. Not happy because we didn't win. I wanted this so badly for our team because this was going to be a season for the team. The team fought. We the team like I told you earlier we had we were having some issues in the club we, which we are sorting out ably. But the team fought. The team came together with everyone and they fought and the fans went behind like our team was leading the club. Like the team was leading and then everyone was the excom, the fans, everyone was following suit and for me, I found that memorable. I found that amazing. It's sad that we didn't reach the pinnacle of everything, the top. But we will come back next year. We'll come back next year for the league. But we have sevens. We have sevens. We have we have tournaments to play for uh, this calendar year. So and we're going to come back stronger. I maybe to to finalize. I I always I always have a a player in pirates. That I hate the club, but I'll always have a player that I love. For a long time, it was Marvin, and then when Marvin left, I replaced it with Ivan. But that was a bit biased. The player right now, and I've always talked about this, and I want to shout out to him, is Tashoria. I feel like Tash doesn't get the okay. The fans praise him, but I feel like he doesn't get the praise that he needs to get because he's not. He's not. He operates. At the same level as Sydney and uh, all these other loose forwards and the locks and man, he is perfect at a line out. And for me, because I saw I saw Tash from Impeace when I had just left school, then Impeace, then man, I it excites me, and I'm sh- I'm sure I share the same thing with Adi because Adi really really likes Tash because from our Impeace days, and I like to shout out to him. Tash is my favorite player in fights. Thank you very much, guys, for coming, and good luck in all your plans and endeavors. Very interesting conversation. Could have gone on for days, um, but I think with this strain, we actually need to start thinking about ring lights. Yeah, but anyway, um, thank you for being part of this very, very special Champions Edition of the podcast. Caesar, you're done. Are ring lights and those things that keep going <laughs> No, ring lights. If you want to have lights, we can continue with our conversation. May I say you're the, on, you're the only person who's not a champion on this table. Uh, but anyway. Caesar, what would be have you played, Caesar? I, I support Cobbs. Go away. Pirates won. I'm Pirates won. Ah, well done. Guys, see you and enjoy your week and the rest and the weekend. Thanks for listening in. Share with us your thoughts from today's episode. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.